right, we'll be in uh, Romans chapter 14 this morning, if you'd like to turn there. A new chapter, finally, some may be thinking. Receive one one who is weak in the faith, but not to disputes over doubtful things. For one believes he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats only vegetables. Let not him who eats despise him who does not eat, and let let not him who does not eat judge him who eats, for God has received him. Who are you to judge another servant? To his own master he sends or falls. Indeed, he will be made to stand for God is able to make him stand. So we're in a new chapter. It's about disagreeable Christians, <laughs> or at least when Christians. In uh, this chapter, Paul makes clear how to neutralize disagreement in the church. Uh, it's been mostly ignored through the centuries. Uh, there has been more problems, more church divisions, more churches close. The ignoring of this uh, chapter, this section of Romans, um, we don't understand it, so we're not going to go along with what Paul had to say, and uh, or any other many different reasons. And it is really sad how much has. Uh, that is evil, ungodly, and done in Christ's name throughout the centuries since he was here on earth. There have been churches who have split over the color of their carpet uh, and many others uh, totally on preference and basically lack of leadership by strong uh, people in the church. The Roman Christians were beginning to judge and to criticize and despise others. And Paul had to bring Christ into the picture. It's interesting and something that uh, hopefully we have noticed. Paul never, never. I'm interested sometimes to see how long he writes without bringing uh, God in the picture in some way, shape, or form. But he always points to Christ. He always points to the Lord uh, whenever he writes about anything. And so it is uh, what he does in our chapter. Paul has filled us in, the Apostle Paul has filled us in on the spiritual difference between the lost and the saved. And uh, this is a, a big thing. This is something, you know, that uh, we try to understand in our flesh, and we can't. We can't. We have the Spirit of God living within us. We're going to talk a little bit more about this later. And uh, that in itself is uh, foreign to the human mind. And that He guides and leads and directs and makes us sensitive to the truth and the way we should conduct ourselves is something that, again, is a matter of 
faith of believing, of knowing our God better through the study of the Word. So Paul has filled the same, we're different. We are different now in God's eyes, totally different, uh, once we're saved, once we're in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he calls us to renew our minds to that fact. And we have to do it through Scripture, through the Word, and uh, again, sensitive to his Spirit in our lives. We are different than the lost. We are different than we were when we were lost without Christ in our life. But Paul now has to bring in how that makes a difference in how we conduct ourselves when in disagreement with others over areas that are not biblical mandates. There are biblical mandates that are clear, uh, doctrines that are clear and that we need to know and believe. And there are other things that uh, aren't written in Scripture. How to conduct a church service, it's not there. Um, we've chosen Sunday as a time to worship, but it isn't a mandate. Uh, the, just the early Christians worship together on Sunday, the first day of the week. So there are a lot of things that people call gray areas, um, and they are only in the sense that there's not a biblical reference as to how that we uh, carry them out. But there are mandates on how we are to conduct ourselves with one another. And that's what Paul's making very clear, on how we are to uh, relate to those within the church who disagree uh, with things that aren't biblical mandates. Um, how do we do that? Most theologians call these gray areas, but I don't believe there are gray areas in the Christian walk. Um, and this is what Paul brings out. And our chapter ends with a verse that we really like to ignore. Whatever is not of faith is sin. Whatever is not of faith is sin. Whenever we don't believe what God has told us about himself, about his word, about our conduct, uh, we're in sin when we don't follow through on it. And uh, again, we don't like to hear that. We don't uh, uh, like to realize that, but that is the truth. So Paul says, and he starts out, we are to receive one another. Receive one who is weak in the faith. The word receive here defines as to take to oneself, admit to one's society, admit to one's society and fellowship, receive and treat with kindness. All of these are involved in this word receive. It has the meaning of acceptance, of acceptance, which is the opposite of rejection. I reject you because I don't like what you're doing. I don't like the way you want to do things or you insist on doing things. That is, so I reject you. But to receive is accept a person where he or she is and receiving them into 
the fellowship. We're to accept the lost as how? Lost. Okay, that's a lost person. Uh, naturally, he's going to act that way. Actually, he's, naturally, he's going to do these things, uh, things like that, you know. Um, what we're seeing, what we hate as so much of is going on in our country and society as a whole, what we don't like, that's what the lost do. That's what the lost do. Uh, lying, I mean, lying seems to be a virtue these days. Uh, turn on the TV, the news, whatever, uh, politicians are just... Uh, and others, it lie. Uh, it's a, a normal thing. Well, that's what the lost do. When, there's, uh, when they're lost without Jesus Christ, that's normal. And the last thing a Christian wants to be is normal. Uh, we don't want to be normal. This is a, this is a, a world without Christ uh, and all the evil there. That's normal. Christ changes that. He turns it around. He turns our world right side up, not upside down like so many say. <laughs> he turns the world right side up. And soon we can see clearly. But we're to accept a weak brother as a weak brother. And we need to know what a weak brother is, don't we? Um, we all at salvation are weak brethren. Uh, we just uh, trusted Christ as Savior, especially as adults when we are saved. Um, we're weak. Bible calls us babies. And uh, we're to accept our brethren where they are in their walk. And we're going to talk about that walk in a little bit. Uh, but this is so very important. It's interesting, isn't it? We can accept a lost person is lost. Well, he's that way because he doesn't know Christ as a Savior. But the moment they're saved or... or even as a young Christian, we don't accept them anymore because of the way they're still acting. No, we can't accept you. And God says, no. No, we receive a, a brother, a sister in the Lord as to where they are. Um, there are <laughs> there's a church I know of that they met people at the door. Any strangers that came to the door, they took them into a room which would have scared me half to death. And found out where they were, where they lost or saved. And then if they were lost, uh, present them the gospel and, say, and to actually tell them you can't worship here unless you're saved. This is for saved people. See, that's not receiving. Uh, that's not uh, accepting someone where they are. Um, and we're not to go into arguments over their doubt. Paul says, but not to disputes over doubtful things. In other words, if you can't clearly show me in Scripture, then you don't take a stand on it and fight your brother over it. I don't believe Paul is talking of gray areas here, as faith is believing and doubting is not. You're not going by faith here in the way you're treating your brother. The weak, it, we're simply not believe, believing the truth that sets them free. That's the bottom line here. That's the bottom line. They weren't believing the truth that sets them free. Now, that, you know, that's the truth of Scripture. They weren't believing it. I, I, I've got all of these things. I'm just eating vegetables because I think that's what I'm supposed to do, that God wants for me, that I'll gain his acceptance by it. And... Uh, 
by disputing and arguing and fighting with people that are weak and otherwise. Um, we don't dispute them. As uh, the old adage, a man convinced against his will is of the same mind still. We just argue and dispute. All it usually does is what? Has somebody set their heels in deeper um, in what in the error they believe, if you will. It is teaching, the teaching and the living out of grace that brings people to freedom. It is the teaching and the living out of grace that brings people to freedom if, of course, they are willing to be set free. But it's a teaching of grace and living out of, the, of grace. And this is what Paul's talking about here, is living out the grace of God. As we live out the grace of God, we accept people where they are. We accept where they are, lost or saved. We accept them where they are. And each of us are in a different place in our walk with the Lord. But it is this that, that causes people to see the reality of Christ, see the reality of his grace, and desire that same thing. Paul talks of the strong in faith when he pens, he believes he may eat all things. All right, that's someone that's free in God's grace. The Bible clearly teaches that. We can eat all things in grace. This person knows he is free of any dietary laws. But the weak in the faith doesn't believe that yet, as we see. But he who is weak eats only vegetables. What Paul's saying is that he doesn't eat donuts. He doesn't eat those kind of things. And uh, definitely doesn't eat two of them. And uh, see, that's a weak person. I, 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 and I'm going to... I need to refresh for those who haven't heard that. I had a supposedly strong Christian tell my wife and I at some convention... Uh, that some people got gone around and offered us a donut, and we took one. And they came over, these people, and they talked to us about how bad they were for you and all this kind of stuff. And then uh, later on, they came back and and uh, offered us another one. And when we took that, th these Christians came unglued. <laughs> and, and I you don't hardly know them at all, and uh, see, they, they had laws for themselves, and uh, they wanted to force our, their laws on us. So these Romans, uh, it, it, the weak Romans, they weren't eating any donuts. They, they had put them aside and said, no, we won't have anything to do with them. And of course, the context here is vegetables. See, that, and that's another thing we do is we, we never go beyond what scripture teaches. Here's vegetables. It can be all kinds of dietary laws that we make. A lot of it now know a lot about uh, food that's better for you, especially as we get older, and things like that. Um, but when we take those things and insist, now you have to do that. If I sit up here and preach, you'd find another church to go after a while. No, it's something that people learn and share it with others who want to learn as well what they have. And 
Uh, I've learned many other Christians in, in the way of eating more healthy. This is a problem with not understanding laws of principle. Many Christians don't understand laws of principle. Um, you, when we make laws ourselves a, a law whereby we approach God or a law for our own life, it doesn't say it's a mosaic law. It brings into our life fear, guilt, and condemnation. It's very clear that we can not obey God's laws uh, to the letter, and uh, neither can we our own laws. And uh, again, uh, New Year's resolutions is a pretty good example of that, uh, how many have made them and broke them before the week or at least the month is out. Um, that's what happens under the law. And Paul tells us very clearly the power of sin is in the law. Make a law for yourself and it arises, it arises this sin, the nature in our being. I um, use an example, some of you heard this before. In my first church, as I was trying to get this principle or attempting to get this principle across, that morning I brought a great big, and I mean a big platter of donuts stacked up about this high. And I put it down on the communion table. I never thought, you know, that might have been blasphemous to somebody, but uh, <laughs> coffee. And then I brought out a um, white erase board, and on it I had written, do not eat, do not touch, do not even look at my donuts. They're looking up at <laughs> this way. And of course everybody laughed, and it wasn't very long at all that they recognize what law the principle does. And I got some very uh, interesting reactions, including from my wife uh, after the sermon that day. Uh, and make a law and, and think about what happens inside, and especially when you can't obey it. <clears throat> so the weak are those who believe they need to be under laws. In this context, again, it seems to be the mosaic dietary laws that they seem to be following. And we Christians make laws for themselves to gain God's acceptance, which they already have. And then Paul goes into that in our chapter. God has received us. God has received us. He's accepted us. We don't need to do things for him to accept us. He has. The stronger those who are living by faith in the freedom that comes from knowing the truth. Paul deals with this later in the chapter, in verse 14. I know and am convinced by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself. I know and am convinced in his own mind, yes, but by who? Jesus Christ. He's the one who told him the risen Lord. In society, those who obey and uphold the law are the upright citizens. In church, those freed from the law are the upright. Interesting, isn't it? God's ways are not our ways. God's ways are not our ways. And uh, in the, again, in society, those that uphold the law are the upright citizens. In the church, those freed from the law are the upright. And uh, we have a law, law uh, excuse me, a higher law. We do have a law that the strong uh, Christians in Rome weren't following, 
and that is the law of love, the law accepting people where they are in their walk. See, the law of God's love, if we're walking in that, if we're believing that and expressing that, we're not going to do anything against the law. We're not going to go way beyond that. And this is what's so important, this is what's so difficult for people to understand, is that we have a lot higher law than the Ten Commandments, a lot higher law. It's a law of love. But that love comes not from us trying to love, not from working harder to try to love people, but from knowing our God who is love. The more we know him, the more that we're able to love and to receive others uh, in where they are in their walk. So the strong and the faith were not following that law and actually causing division. But we have the Spirit of God indwelling us, and faith will cause us to be sensitive to the Spirit's leading in our lives. Something's wrong here. Something's wrong. Something isn't right. This shouldn't be happening in the church. And I believe in the truth um, and am free in the truth, but something I'm doing is causing friction. Something I'm doing is uh, causing division in the church, that I'm responsible for part of that. See, that's what God will do in the life of the believer that's living by faith. Something's wrong here. And uh, I'm going to talk about that a little bit more later. But we have learned that to be filled with the Spirit is to be filled with His love, and His love is an accepting love. It's a receiving love. God's love accepts a person but does not condemn or reject because of where the in his walk with the Lord and do that. You know, our, our Lord knows us and, and uh, I think it is very important here to explain something as we look at uh, verses, well, verse 3, that God has received us. The Lord does not eat. Let him who eats despise him who does not eat, and let not him who does not eat judge him who eats. For God has received him. All right. God calls our lives here in this walk. He calls us to a walk. Um, that doesn't require a lot of theological discussion. <laughs> As a baby is born and as he grows and he gets to a certain age, he starts standing and then he starts taking baby steps, if you will. And then as he grows and is used to walking, he eventually does it naturally. It's something that he doesn't think about. Unless you're real old and your uh, joints don't work, you don't think about walking. You just do it. Probably not a soul, maybe a couple, but most souls this morning didn't think about walking from their car to the church. It's something that we do naturally. And this is what God intended. He used words that we understand. We need to stop and think of them. You know, we like those theological words, those big ones like dispensationalism. Well, that's an important word. <laughs> But, but it's these little words that have the greatest impact on our life when we look at them. And as God 
wanting us to know what he's talking about. He did not give us a Bible to confuse us. He gave us a Bible to know him and our relationship with him and his will for our lives. We begin our Christian lives as babies in Christ. I got saved at the age of 31. I had a man's body. I'd been to war. I'd been around a while, but I was an absolute baby in Christ. A baby, an infant, knew nothing about the Word of God. Again, I thought the New and Old Testament, the Old Testament got old, so God gave us a new one. And uh, ignorant. That's what babies are. They don't know anything when they come into the world. And in my case, you know, a lot of people have a lot of religion before they get saved, but in my case, I didn't know anything. I was, a, a, I was an infant. And then, so we grow, and we learn. And it was years later. Um, I, I was saved in the, in the church and, uh, and uh, began to understand the word rightly divided. But it was later that I learned more about my relationship with Jesus Christ and set free in him and how my life changed. And, you know, six, seven years after I was saved, an elder in our church told the rest of the board members, Walgast isn't the same anymore. I don't know what happened to him, but he just ain't the same. Well, Dan, Walgast got set free in the truth. But it, it took a while. I was a child, a babe, and and uh, a baby. And our walk has to do with being on the path of this with our Lord, with him as the goal, his righteousness in our lives. We are walking this path, learning to look to Christ, looking to, learning to looking at things above, um, knowing him, just as the Apostle Paul said, that was always his prayer to know him more. Even at the end of his life, I want to know Christ. So he's at the, the, the goal, he's at that, in that path, and the closer we get to him, the brighter he is, the bigger he is, the more that we understand him, the more that we see his glory, and the more our lives change. Because I more and more I see the truth, Jesus Christ. The problem, again, I mean, the problem for babies is that we get distracted easily. We get distracted easily. And there are many who fall in the ditch or take another path, if you will, which isn't a path, um, that detracts from their walk in the Lord Jesus Christ. A uh, baby easily can get distracted. They get distracted by lo laws, as in our food, in our context of food and holy days. These new Christians, these weak Christians, they've been distracted by, okay, here's the Lord saved me, but now what do we do with these laws? I, I, I need to get back into eating vegetables or whatever was under the Mosaic Law, or maybe some that got myself. Law is what we understand in our flesh. A baby knows the law through his parents. Mom and dad have laws of their household, 
And the baby learns real quickly that you get outside of mom and dad's law and there are consequences for it. So we know the law. And uh, we can get, get distracted by di different things, but there are many good things that take our fake focus away from the, our Lord. Along most roads, there are things of beauty. My wife mentioned that. Today we had to take a different route to church because of a detour. They can be things of beauty, and, uh, but they seldom keep us from our destination as we travel the road. In Texas, we were down there in May, and my sister took us out for a drive one day because in Texas, they don't mow the shoulders of the road until after the flowers have come and gone. At, at, uh, in the spring, the flowering time, the roadsides are just beautiful with wildflowers, just absolutely beautiful. And uh, unfortunately, uh, the road, the, the ditches had been mowed, so the flowers had been gone by the time we did that. Uh, but they didn't, they don't keep us from our destination. We enjoy, you know, just like our road, our trip to church this morning. In the Christian walk, however, there very well can be things that sidetrack us. They get us off that road that we're on to be conformed into the image of Christ as we get closer to him, as we know him more. And these are things that the weak, the babies, don't understand if they're not the grace and work. That seems strange, doesn't it? Lots and lots and lots of Christians have lost, have left the path and got involved in Christian work, and that took up all of their life. So we're involved in Christian work, then you should be doing the same thing. You should be doing what I'm doing. Only 10% of the church does the work of the church. Where's the focus? It's not on Jesus Christ. He received people where they are. It's on what we're doing. Called to be doers, we're called to be beers. We're beers. We're, to, we're to, called to be, excuse me. Uh, does God call us to work? Of course he does. And scripture is clear as that as well. But as we learn to be, we can get sidetracked on favorite doctrines. It can be good, solid doctrines, but sidetracked. And that becomes the focus. Not Jesus Christ, but doctrines. Doctrines we believe. I've seen men over and over so enamored with that, so focused on that. Jesus Christ, you may not hear his name in a sermon for many sermons because it's all about his favorite doctrine. Favorite Bible translations. And that's all I'm going to say about that, where that becomes the issue. This is the one. Or, yeah. Church policy, church things, church stuff can sidetrack us off of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, this is so very important for us to understand. When we're saved, we're placed on a walk with Jesus Christ. With him as a focus. With him that we should be knowing more. The living word. The written word is to take us to the living word. 
these can all take a person's eyes off the Lord and onto his, what he believes. The weak believers are there to help them stay on the path looking to the Lord. We call these fence laws. I make laws to make sure I stay on the straight and narrow. But they're laws. They're laws. The, the focus isn't on Jesus Christ. The focus becomes on the law. I have to do this. I have to do that. I have different articles in, 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 that I bring out in my uh, classes at school that, that show how it puts people in such a quandary, confusion, and even give up their Christian life because I just can't do it, not knowing that God didn't ask him to. Making weak laws. Fences are good to uh, contain kids uh, when they had a uh, nursery here. Um, <laughs> one of the funny things when I first there, it was filled with bull thistle. <laughs> you look at that fence and it did not look make us look like a friendly church. Here's a place for kids and all in there is bull thistle and that, you know, these big high things with the pickers on it. <laughs> They detract from the Lord, and instead of accepting God's acceptance, they are still trying to gain in order to keep it. In their walk, God isn't very big yet. They're moved. They're unable to see God's good, perfect, and acceptable will. See, again, this takes time, and it takes the grace of God, and it takes brethren in the Lord to reveal that through their lives and what they know of Scripture. They still think on a human level rather than a spiritual level. And, then, and criticize those in freedom. And the opposite, while the strong often despise those who are or haven't reached this way of understanding. See, that's rejection. That's not going to get anybody to freedom in the Lord rejecting them. We all want and desire acceptance. It's one of our spiritual needs. And we get rejected by brethren because we're old. What the weak need is a constant feeding of the truth that sets them free. God has received them as babies. He accepts them where they are in their walk. Meanwhile, the acceptance that God is is ignored by the strong and they end up in the ditch as well. See, they were wrong. They were strong in the faith, but they weren't in this area of their life. That's again why Paul concluded this chapter. That if it isn't faith, it's sin. They had not learned that we are to set our affections on things above where our Lord is seated at the right hand of God. Okay, for, for those who tend to follow the law, lose their cool, very clear in Scripture that the leaders are to be mature and hold the sound doctrine. <laughs> they can do this, however, while accepting the weak and where they are in their walk, and it's very important. Sometimes that includes those who aren't doctrinally sound. For instance, I have never been water baptized, nor have I ever baptized anyone, nor do I ever plan to. I don't believe it's God's plan for today. And yet in my former church, there were two Baptists, uh, very vocal Baptists. <laughs> but they uh, time, and uh, they said, well, pastor, 
uh, we've been baptized. <laughs> so basically, we don't care what you believe or what the Bible says. Uh, we have been, and they never changed. They were accepted in our, in our flock. And, uh, and uh, I had two more Baptists who did change. Um, I talked to Manny. They pop in every once in a while, really a godly man. And uh, I talked to him. I said, you know, Jim, I said, just come in every once in a while. And he said, well, we really like it here, but we don't like your views on baptism. And I said, well, that's understandable. I said, I don't have a problem with that. Um, I said, but if I believe that Christ asked me to baptize, get baptized every day, you know I would. But he hasn't. And I think it's very clear in Scripture that water is not. And uh, then they began to come more. And pretty soon, I shouldn't say pretty soon, in a matter of time, Jim came to me. And he said, would you come to our house and teach us from Scripture what you have learned? And I said, I will be glad to. And they accepted the truth and uh, grew on from there. So very important, you know, we, we have to stand fast in the truth. And again, that's why we know a lot of, a lot of uh, churches have gone South is because of, well, <laughs> in the heresy because of weak leaders, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. We see that God sustains his own in verse 4. Who are you to judge another servant? To his own master he stands or falls. Indeed, he will be made to stand, for God is able to make him stand. So the question here is, who are you? <laughs> who am I? To judge somebody else. These are God's children. They're his people. Who am I to judge them? Judging here has to do with condemnation. This is very important. We use the same word for different things. And here it has to do with condemnation. And it's the old sister Bertha better than thou. I know and I don't do what you're doing. And so you are a lesser person than I am. The strong leaders of the church are to be discerning, not despising, to discerning. They're to discern what is good and evil. And Hebrews is clear on that. What does that mean? What's a mature saint? One who is able to discern good and evil. And they're to discern the, what is not right within the church and to deal with it and to stand strong in the truth. This means they're to protect the flock from those who would undermine the truth in their immaturity, and this happens so often. Many leaders kowtow to the weak in order to maintain numbers or to submit to the weak in the flock. And uh, Pollyanna, the movie Pollyanna, is a perfect example of this. It's a perfect example of this. Uh, the preacher there every week uh, preached the law, preached fear, guilt, and condemnation, made the flock so sick that they had a terrible time even thinking about Sunday, and uh, it just—it was a good example of, uh, of, 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 and the preacher preached that. Why? Because of a weak member's instruction. I mean, he had the money, and there's another thing we follow down. Unfortunately, she had the money, so he listened to her and preached the law, preached fear, guilt, and condemnation every Sunday. And uh, many, unfortunately, do this. 
but this was in the movie. What? Somebody dreamed this up? No. It was in the movie because it's in the church. It's in the church. Many, many, unfortunately, pastors follow the weak for fear, different reasons of fear. Fear for, well, our church won't grow in number if we don't go along with the weak who do not understand the truth, who are not in the freedom of the Lord Jesus Christ. So very important for us to understand this. We need to stand fast in the truth while being accepting to where people are in their walk. And if a person chooses to leave because they cannot weaken or uh, uh, destroy scripture, the truth, then they have to let them leave. But God is able, and this is where we need to uh, close. God is able. He will be made to stand, for God is able to make him stand. God alone is able to mature the weak. He doesn't do it by trying to force freedom on another. That's something God can't do. He won't do that. If you don't want to live in freedom, I'm not going to make you. I'm just going to tell you how to get there. The truth will make you free. The truth that is in Jesus Christ will make you free. If you want him, if you want the truth, you'll be free in him. Through the teaching and believing grace, God who is love changes people. And he chooses us to do that. We're to use the law of liberty to love others into that same freedom that we're living in. With that, let's pray. Father, thank you that your ways are not our ways. Father, they're so much higher, so much better. Father, thank you that you are the God of acceptance, that you receive us where we are. Father, my own life at 31, how many times had I blasphemed you, denied you, hated you, uh, hated someone that I didn't believe exists. That's interesting, but that was my lost mind. And yet, Father, you accepted me and you received me into your family when I trusted Jesus Christ as Savior. Oh, I thank you for that. And Father, I thank you that that doesn't change, that uh, we're to receive people where they are. We're to accept them where they are in their walk with you. And Father, through that, how many people have changed, continued their walk, and been brought into the freedom of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we praise you for that. Father, thank you that it's your will, it's your desire to use your children to pass unto others the reality of you and the accepting acceptance that you are and that you pass on to us. Father, how great you are, how wonderful you are. And Father, if there's anyone today that doesn't know you as Jesus Christ as Savior, we pray today is a day that they put their faith in you alone for salvation. And Father, as far as freedom, Father, you are, Lord, you are the truth that sets one free. To know you gives us a life of freedom here. And Father, use us to glorify you and to help others see the reality of who you are. And we praise you in your wonderful name, Lord Jesus. Amen.